No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. 60% off? That's like what Andre Drummond shoots from the floor. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. It's really well-designed and so fun to use. The two-tap checkout is crazy easy. I went a little nuts last night and pulled the trigger on some Raps tickets tonight. Argos tickets this weekend in Hamilton. Oh my goodness. And tickets to the musical Cats in December. I'm not even going to be in Toronto in December. Plus, I saw the thing in August and I hated it. (laughs) My only regret is that I didn't wait until closer to these events to watch those prices drop. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. On the beach, the only place to go and read your emails and tweets. JD and I here in Toronto, Tass, Trey, and Lily down in Atlanta. What's up, boys? Yay. What's up, what's up? All right, thanks to everyone who emailed and tweeted in questions this week. Keep them coming. Email nodunks at theathletic.com or tweet us at nodunksinc or use the hashtag nodunks. All right, we got a lot of questions again this week. Our first question, though, it comes from me. It comes from old Skeetsy. Last night, I tweeted out an image that I came across on Instagram. I thought it was really fun. It's a simple question with a not-so-simple answer because people were heated about them. this one. The feedback was crazy. So I wanted to get your thoughts, guys. Which is worse when it comes to playing pickup ball outside? Which is worse, shooting on the double rim or a net with no mesh, the no net? Does anyone have a strong opinion, double rim or no net? I do. It's no net. It's yes, awful. I agree. It's awful. I mean, sure, the double rim isn't kind. You've got to knock it down. But if you're shooting and the ball just goes through the hoop and there's no sound, that's awful. You want to hear and feel the rip of the ball going through the net. <laughs> yeah, it's just bad. It is yeah. terrible. Yeah. Especially especially for me, all my shots go in, then you got to go chase the ball because <laughs> right. the mesh doesn't, mesh doesn't slow it down. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, Lee, your, your jump shot is obviously the finest tuned of all of ours so I'm imagining you're not even missing on a double rim uh, so I'm not surprised that that's your choice but yeah you gotta know that the ball goes in when you're shooting it there's nothing weirder than when a shot goes in and everybody's like yeah is was that an air ball yeah. did you just completely drain it I thought you were a great shooter what's yeah. happening here at least you can keep a score when you have a double rim here yeah. is the here is the problem with the double rim it generally is paired with an atrocious backboard. I find <laughs> like a rock hard backboard. So like you, you have to have the softest of touch when you're trying to finish inside on a double rim because that backboard is generally not kind when paired together. Um, mm. So it's frustrating. But you're right. I'm with you guys. That you can sort of adapt. It helps you work on a little bit more of an arc on your shot too on the double That's rim. Right. You gotta yeah. really get it up there. But the no net is just uh, yeah. It's just it's miserable. I hate and it, honestly, someone for me like. I don't play, my eyes are not amazing, 
So, and I'm not playing in context. I, that depth perception oh, you definitely really don't want you playing up. them. You definitely don't want you playing if there's no net there. You won't have a clue if the ball went even near the Well, that's, that's right. But I need that mesh to help with the depth perception. It's, yeah. a, it's a big part. Okay, so we're all in agreement. I, hey, I, thanks for sending that in, Skeet. No yeah. problem. It's such a great I, question. I still am amazed by the fact that even on all the outdoor courts here in Atlanta, they still replace the mesh nets. Yeah. Like everywhere else I've lived, once that first net goes, that's it. Yeah, that's you are, true. You're meshless after that, so <laughs> it's great here. And and the one the ones where I play, like it only has to rip a little bit and they replace it. It's, it's great. It is nice. It is nice. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer uh, do you prefer the nylon mesh or uh, the old chain mesh if you can well, find it? Well, I'm, I'm actually partial to the chain. I don't mind the chain. <laughs> it's a great sound. For the it's outside, a great sound, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we used to have it at the old Turner Studios there. Remember, and they replaced it. And it was never quite the same. Yeah, you do ruin your ball quicker though. Sure, yeah, sure. You really beat it up. It. You beat it up on the uh, chain, chain match. All right, let's hear from you guys on that one. Which is worse, double rim or no net? All right, first real question. First real question here. Dear Team No Dunks, I was just hoping we could get an update on the state of Lee's Knicks fandom. At the end of your last season, he basically seemed like he was going to be the resident Knicks fan what happened? That question from <laughs> Gordon O. Yeah, well, let's re- let's recap because it's easy to forget why Lee is a huge <laughs> Knicks fan. Okay, go ahead. Because during a Knicks broadcast last year, after the trade of Kristaps Porzingis, they put up an image of a full screen image with all of Kristaps' quote unquote accomplishments and some of his not so great accomplishments, including has not played since or did not play since X date because of a knee injury and missed X amount of games because of the knee injury. So that was a bit of a kicking him on the way out. Yeah. And we acknowledge that on the show. However, somebody within the Knicks organization took offense to that, and the PR person <laughs> contacted us and... and Lee took the call, and Lee, and, and Lee heard the, this man out who basically said, you know, the MSG network, which broadcasts the game, is a separate entity from the Knicks, and Lee came up to us and, and, and voiced all those opinions, and we said, sure, okay, but the Knicks own MSG. Somebody, somebody has to t- be accountable for that, and then... Leaves in his pocket for that PR person's <laughs> pocket for the rest of the season. Now he's a huge Knicks fan. Yeah, and I was also in New York, and I went to the garden. And got, uh, got a couple of tickets. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can buy me. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> you haven't mentioned the Knicks at all this season. Though. No, I haven't. You know what though? Um, you must have been crushed when they struck out in free agency. Well, yeah, yeah. That I mean, was it, the it was a pretty typical yet devastating summer for the Knicks. You know, they didn't. They, they traded all that, you know, Porzingis, and hoping to get Zion. They ended up with RJ Barrett, who's actually leading him in scoring. Yeah. He's been good. Yep. Um, but uh, and, and I also like uh, Marcus Morris when he basically bopped Justin <laughs> oh, Anderson yeah. out of the league uh, in the preseason. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny moment. Um, you want you know you, that that game against Brooklyn. You want to see the Knicks maybe uh, start to improve again. But um, they're one and three right now. Their only victory came against Trey's. Bulls there. So, um, I mean, look, there's some positive signs there. Kevin Knox coming off the bench is actually looking comfortable in that role. So that's good. But um, you just feel chaos and drama is not too far away from there. I already saw, I think it was Chris Mannix had an article out that David Fisdale's position is already kind of on the hot seat, uh, which, which feels, you know, absolutely right with the Knicks want instant success and not prepared to go through the, the motions to get it. One player I haven't enjoyed watching so far is Julius Randle. 
he does. He he's he shouldn't dribble the ball. He he's, he hasn't got a good handle, Randall, and uh, <laughs> he always seems to sort of get himself caught out, even though he's actually you know putting up reasonable numbers for the team. So I'm 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 following the Knicks. It's hard to just get that. Oh come on, man! You You're know. faking the funk. You ditched the Knicks immediately. <laughs> All you can talk about now is how good the Dallas Mavericks are and how great Chris Porzingis yeah. looks in this new jersey. <laughs> he's sort of been in the Mavs pocket as well for the last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm for sale. I, it's true. It's true. No wonder you're always wearing those cargo shorts <laughs> in a lot of pockets. <laughs> I, it's uh, odd because we expected them to have a glut of power forwards because they signed all these power forwards in the, in the offseason. And, and Julius Randle was probably their best one. Uh, and now it's just like they have a glut of guards. They've got R.J. Barrett, who's playing great and taking minutes from the guy they traded for or got for Chris Porzingis and, and Dennis Smith. Frank Nielakina's buried on the bench. Mm-hmm. Alfred Payton is starting the majority of games. Alonzo Trier buried, uh, you know, to some degree on the bench. It's it, it, That has been thrown for a loop. Their whole guard rotation, although R.J. That guy looks like a baller. Yeah, the Knicks mm-hmm. love him already, and that's, you should. That's, yeah, he that's can to play. be expected. Um, yeah, he's averaging twenty-seven yeah. and five. Or sorry, twenty-seven and three. Excuse me, with the two steals. Uh, mm-hmm. that's no good. fear. It's good for a rookie. He's shooting a great percentage right now, too, yeah. from the floor and from three. I'd just like to see the Knicks go on a bit of a tear, win seven in a row, and give some hope because right now they're already one and three. You can already see them just dropping further and yeah. further behind. Yeah. You know, that's the. I think they're starting to use Randall at the elbow more, watching some of their games instead of the three-point line. And Randall can put the ball on the floor once and get to the rim. But from the three-point line, it's, it's too much of an ask for yeah. that guy. It's, he's just too big. But uh, R.J. Barrett is showing no fear going to the rim. So I, I, I like watching him play. Yeah. Even though he's not the most athletic rookie that you'd, you'd ever did see, uh, he can get to the hole, and he's not scared. Yeah. Everybody wants the Knicks to be good. There, I do. I mean, everybody's ready for it because um, the MSG is is the best arena in the world, and you'd like to see it going crazy with some victories. They got they're going through some personal tragedy right now on that team too, with Dennis Smith Jr. and Reggie Bullock uh, losing family members, and and you know Bullock's out with an injury. I get that, but Smith Jr. missing some games here. Um, it's tough. So prayers up to them, of course, and uh, hopefully the Knicks can turn it around. But I think it is going to be another long season. Do you think Fizdale survives, Lee? I hope so. I don't I want to get you in trouble. Don't say anything you shouldn't say. <laughs> yeah, I don't want yeah. Nick's PR breathing down our neck. I, I think he should. Um, but, of course, we know that how things can quickly deteriorate in that city, and, and particularly as a coach, if they do go on, a, on an awful long losing streak. But I think he's actually the right coach for some of those young guys because in Miami, he was a very good assistant coach. He would sort of connect with players. Obviously, it's different when you've got LeBron and Bosch and Wade and those guys. But I think Fisdale needs to be given an opportunity. He's only a, a season and a bit in Memphis. So, I mean, this is only the second season in New York. So I would like to see him have at least three or four years and see if he can really mould some of these younger guys into something better. Because I agree with you, Skids. I would much prefer to beat a good Knicks team than to beat up on a trashy Knicks team. Yeah, for sure. All right, next email here. Unless I missed something, y'all didn't give your guesses for the next player to throw up a 50 spot yet. Who you got? That's from Greg Solutions on Twitter. (laughs) Who's starting us off? Who's putting up a 50 spot? Um, the Charlotte Hornets have been pretty bad on defense so far. They're 27th in the league. They got a game in Golden State on Saturday. Give me Steph Curry, our next 50-point game. Mm-hmm. Okay, calling, well. calling the game. Very nice. Lee, who you got? Well, we received some good news just before we went to air here and that uh, Trey Young uh, had, did not need an MRI on his ankle, and he's listed as day-to-day. That's so good. hopefully Trey Young, that means he, I guess he's going to miss at least one game, maybe two here. 
but I'm going to say him. He's going to be back earlier. He's already had a couple of high 30-point games. I think he's got the game for it to get 50. I think we're going to see it from Trey Young. And he plays the Bulls next week. They've been, oh, yeah. They give up some three-pointers, so that might be a good one to Let's be eyeing. hope he's back for that one for sure. We've had, uh, what? We've had three guys as of recording this on Wednesday hit 40-plus. We had Kyrie hit for 50 in his Nets debut, and then we had Harden on Monday night um, going for 40 thanks to 21 made free throws, and then we had Anthony Davis go for 40 thanks to what was that one 26 free throws yeah 26 <laughs> uh, something like that on uh, on tuesday night i will go with harden though harden has been garbage from three and the guy still manages to put up 40 so he's gonna have one of these games where he catches fire and the step back three is dropping and he splashes six seven eight whatever it is um and i think it's coming sooner rather than later uh, put me down for james harden for our next 50 Tass, what you got? All, all good guesses. I, I went my, down the, the list a little bit. I didn't want to go with a, a stud. I, li- I like the, you know, the, the dark horses for this number. So I went with Brandon Ingram, who has been, Ooh, he's been hot. That's a dark horse. And, yeah, he's, he's averaging 27 points per game for the New Orleans Pelicans, especially now with Drew Holiday. Uh, he's lots of shot attempts. He's also shooting 50% from the floor and 50% from three. Those numbers won't last, but the guy's balling out, and uh, he's sort of being overlooked there in New Orleans because all the news is about Zion, etc. And they play really fast. He's had a 35-point game. Uh, 50 is high, but uh, he could. He could get there. <laughs> oh, he could get there. All right, so we've got Curry, we've got Trey Young, we've got Harden, and we got a wild card there in Brandon Ingram. Good, be- good guesses. All right, next one. Do the Spurs have the best guard rotation in the league, writes Andrew S., they have DeJounte Murray, Derek White, DeMar DeRozan, Patty Mills, Bryn Forbes, Lonnie Walker IV, Marco Bellinelli, it's a spicy one, and throw in a rookie, Keldon Johnson. Ooh! These guys are underrated. <laughs> These guys are underrated and deep, writes Andrew. Um, Spurs, undefeated, haven't talked about them a lot. Classic Spurs move, classic no dunks move, maybe. Um, what do you guys think? Does he, have a, does he have a point here, though? Best guard rotation in the league with all those guys I li- just listed? They do have Keldon Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that, They're deep. They're a underrated. A bit of a stretch. Out of Kentucky. They have no current All-Stars, though, so that, to me, is a major uh, point against them when you're talking about the best guard rotations in the league. To me, it's between the Clippers and the Nets. With the Clippers, you got Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams. If you want to consider Paul George or Kawhi, one of those guys is kind of a guard. Landry Shamit is yep. also there. And then for the Nets, it's Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Garrett Temple, Joe Harris. That's a really good guard rotation as well. So those are the top two to me. I'll throw in the Denver Nuggets. I think they've got a very solid uh, core of guards there. Jamal Murray, Monty Morris. M- Monty, uh, Monte Morris. <laughs> I'll get there. Don't worry. Uh, Beasley, Will Barton. Uh, I think there's some, you know, Gary Harris as well. Throw him in the mix. Like, that's a pretty solid rotation of guys. You know, that guard rotation, sort of uh, shooting guard, small forward, it sort of fluctuates a little bit. But I think uh, any of those uh, guys out there, very, very productive for the Nuggets. So, um, I mean, the Spurs are good, but, uh, you know, and the Nets and the Clippers, as Trey mentioned, but I like the Nuggets. You said, Trey, they have no current All-Stars. It's a good way of uh, skimping around that DeMar DeRozan didn't make the All-Star team, mm. um, but he is a solid, solid player for them. Hit that game winner last weekend, as you said. I'm interested to see if they bring back DeMar DeRozan because of this guard rotation uh, emailer mentioned, Andrew mentioned, because... 
they've got a lot of studs. Demar, do you want to give him an, a big contract extension? He's he's actually got twenty seven million for next season, but he's got a player option, and they've already guaranteed Lamarcus Aldridge's contract for next year. So, are you going to go forward with Demar in L A. as your guys? It feels like a Spursy thing to do right now mm-hmm. uh, to to bring him back. It feels like. He'll opt out, and they'll give him a, a Richard Jefferson four-year for $40 million. That's what Richard Jefferson signed for. But a discount on that $27 million. They're going to do it again. But does that stunt the growth of DeJounte Murray or Derek Wright? Maybe a little. I, I guess he's, they're going to play him with somebody. But anyway, they're good. The and Nick, they're going to the playoffs, uh, sure feels well, like. Well, this is the thing. Are the, Knicks, or excuse me, are the Spurs good? I'm not, I'm, not, yes. I'm not convinced yet that they're really, really good. No. They beat, they beat the Knicks. They beat the Wizards by two, and then then they beat the Blazers. That was that was a solid win, no doubt, but a close game there. Let I think we are either going to be talking about the Spurs a whole lot, or very very little still again, after we see the week that they've got coming up. They got the Clippers, the Warriors, both on the road, and then they got the Lakers. I mean, if the Spurs play well and get some wins over these those teams, then yes, then we're going to be talking a whole lot about the Spurs. They go with three in the in, in those uh, three games. Then you know they're five hundred and they're and they're right there. They're still in the mix. They're still a playoff team, bubble team, whatever. Um, but they're not like whoa, whoa. The Spurs are amazing. I, I think there's a reason why we haven't addressed them that much. Fairly kind schedule to start the season, and and they have they weren't even blowing teams away. The offense does look good though, and and our, our email or Andrew does have a great point with the uh, backcourt being deep. But guys like Patty Mill, Patty Mills, and Marco Bellinelli, and and all the defense you have in some of those young guys. That's that is a good squad, good young squad, especially then you throw in DeRozan. Next email. Hi, No Dunks, Inc. Can we ban the phrase near triple-double? It's the dumbest phrase in basketball. <laughs> I wouldn't say I had a near pay raise or a near bacon sandwich. <laughs> mm, don't think those are really equal. Uh, I got paid more, and I bought some bacon with it. <laughs> Or I didn't. No middle ground here. That's from David J. Gaunt. Going for a jaunt with that analogy. <laughs> well, I think the triple-double itself has become so watered down yeah. that it's, it's not much of an accomplishment to get a triple-double. So if you get one, great. But don't get near a triple-double because everyone gets one these days. I understand what he's saying. You know, We are a little obsessed with the triple-double still when it's like, eh, yeah, everyone gets them. Yeah, but what are you supposed to? What are you supposed to say? These are literally just words that mean exactly what they say. He was near a triple double. If a guy has ten of something, ten of something, and nine of another, what are you going to say? He had a double double and another nine. <laughs> he had a near triple double. I, I think it's fair. I mean, it does sound ridiculous when it's a guy is like you know twenty seven seven and seven. Yeah, LeBron, yeah. that yes. is close to a near triple double, but not really. Or when a, when you're like, man, this guy was so close to a five and five. He only needed two more steals. Two more steals is a lot of steals. It's all relative, but near means close. Triple-double means triple-double. What else is there? Oh, no, These I'll, are literally yeah. words. That's what I'll you're saying, you that. Trey. That's what you're saying. Yeah. That's where I agree with you. When it, it, it can't mean you're right. It can't be like eight or seven or something like that in one of the categories. That's ridiculous, and that's where David's right. Then you can ban it. But if you're one short in one of the categories for triple-double, I have no problem with it. I'm with you on that. <laughs> How many players... Got a triple-double last year. 15? Wow, it's a lot higher. 28. Yeah, I think it's uh, about 33. I, yeah. I can't count how many players <laughs> were tied for 16th with one triple-double here, but it's approximately over 30. I'm surprised by that. I, I thought it was way more. You know, the, the amount that we say it, I guess, is, is it just feels like it gets around. And mm. I agree with you, Lee. It's been watered down. Um, 
but it's not you know it's still sort of an exclusive club so, yeah you know yeah it's, I on, guess it's people, only a sixth of the league you know you're right when you say you're only so, one one statistic short but i guess when people start saying oh he's flirting with a triple double that can really be like <laughs> anything you can have like oh yeah you could have like four points and four rebounds and three assists in the yeah. first seven minutes of a game and you're flirting with the triple double yeah, yeah. you pace it <laughs> yeah, out you know yeah, yeah. 37 got it last year i, I did it so eight wow. percent of the league okay yeah, but, but you got to count the total number of triple doubles. But we were just talking about on our daily show, you know, the Nuggets losing to the Mavs in a close game and what's wrong with Jokic. I don't even think we addressed that he did have a triple double in that Tuesday night game. Yeah. The we, Jason Kidd triple double. Oh, I mean, yeah, we just, yeah, I think it was. Was it a 10 10 10? Was it? I yeah, it was that. a 10 yeah. 10. I mean, we didn't, no one even brought it up because I, I think you guys are right. It's uh, it's becoming a little less like notable <laughs> to, to even mention it, to throw it in there. It's like, okay, yeah, he got one, uh, but we don't even need to address it anymore. So there's something to it. But I got no problem still with the. If you're a 10 10 9, you're a near triple double. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Our next one here. This one's from REG. I'm missing all the classic drops. Where is my anything could still happen? <laughs> Shout out to Justin's Again, that's from Ari. Yeah. Well, I guess that, that means we're all missing Matt, really, isn't well, it? Well, you know? yeah, I mean, JD, do you want to break it down for, for the listener? Or why are we not having so many drops? Well, we are... We're on a shaky ship as it is right now. I mean, we're sitting at a card table in an Airbnb in Toronto while three of our other guys are in Atlanta. And uh, there's been, I don't know, 10 squelches so far that I'm going to have to go back and surgically remove. And uh, the internet connection's not great. And all that to say, you know, the drops are, it's, they're going to come back. It's just a matter of... We got to get our. We got to get back in the same room, and we, I got to get a system together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You you are juggling a lot of balls as it is. That's right. To then have to worry about dropping in a Leonard exactly. every once in a while. Right. Exactly. It sounds so good now. How great is it going to sound when we're in the same room? Well, that's exactly that's right. right. And the drops will be flying. Hopefully. Hopefully. That's right. Just like an NBA team, you don't want to be peaking the first month of the season. We'll add some wrinkles to the playbook as the year goes on. That's right. And the other thing is that you guys can't hear the drops even if I did play them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guys in Atlanta. Point. Yeah, that's true. That's, <laughs> forgot about that part. <laughs> so uh, don't worry. They're, they're coming. Um, and, yeah, we just got to all get back in the same damn room slash same damn country um, first. <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's the, the baby step to all of this. But don't you worry. Hold tight. This show crosses the border every stinking day, showing what diplomacy is all about. Uh, Next email here. Hey, guys. So the consensus seems to be that the West is stacked, as always, but also wide open. And I'm hoping to see my Blazers as at least dark horse contenders. Don't love Whiteside still. If he can hold it down until Nurk comes back and plays within himself, it could be fine. But we would still need another guy. Gallinari seems like a perfect fit to me. Obviously, there's the injury history, but he was awesome last year and the thunder don't need him in a rebuild he's a great stretch for doesn't need the ball but can absolutely get a bucket when you need one he also doesn't hurt you defensively like kevin love would what would we have to give up and assuming nurkic comes back healthy and returns to form what would adding gallinari push the blazers into or would adding gallinari push the blazers into at least fringe contender status and that's from senator 
Batman. That's how he signed <laughs> off, so that's how we're addressing him. Gallinari as the four on the Blazers. Yeah, in theory, yes, I like it. I, I think Gallinari had a bounce-back season last year in uh, Los Angeles, and I think he's a guy who can stretch the floor, knocks down those threes, and, and the Blazers desperately need another guy who can score and shoot to take a little bit of the heat off CJ and Dame, because it does feel that when they need a bucket, it's basically just one of those guys going one-on-one to get it. And it, it, it works to an extent, but it hasn't been able to uh, take them... Well, they got to the conference finals, of course, last year, but um, they, they do need some extra help offensively. And it, the, the rumour has been out there that the Blazers are interested in, in, in one of those two guys, Kevin Love or Gallinari. Which one would you prefer? Well, I think Senator makes a good point that Love uh, <laughs> you know, isn't the strongest defender. Gallinari is not a great defender either, and he uh, tends to be prone. But I, I just feel that the Blazers are still missing that one piece. Whiteside... We know in a contract season, tends to play harder, tends to be a better player. But what does that really get you long term? I don't think it moves the needle all that much for them. I think they need someone else who can be a threat to score and to shoot. So I like Gallinari as a bit of a flyer. But in the long term, if, you know, with, with Dame and CJ, they need someone else who's a, a little bit more reliable. So I think the Blazers are going to be like kind of where they were last season. A good team, you know, will make the playoffs. But still, they are a little short of a, of a true contender for me right now. Yeah, Whiteside playing well is mutually beneficial to everybody. Like you're saying, he's in a contract year, so he's trying to put up numbers, trying to have an impact. And the Blazers need a big guy right now. They need him to sop up minutes until Nurkic is back. And, you know, the better he looks, the more trade value he has, the more chance he has of getting a better contract. So... Uh, having Whiteside be decent this year is huge for the Blazers, and I'm with you. I think they need more than just one piece, though. I don't think Gallinari or Kevin Love alone is the answer. That's why, to me, Mr. Brainwash of the Trade Machine got busy last night. You could trade Hassan Whiteside for Marvin Williams and MKG. I don't know, but you could do it. That's two guys. To me, it seems like they need a little bit more big man help, a little bit more shooting, and a little bit more wing help. You can't get all of that from either Gallinari or Kevin Love, but Whiteside has such a big contract. He's at like 27 mil. You can find a way to split that up between two different players, whether that's on a three-team trade, which is too crazy for me to even try and figure out clicking around there, or looking at a, a couple of smaller contracts that add up to Whiteside's number. I love the idea oh. of Gallinari on the Blazers, if they could make it happen. Um, he's been playing well to start the season again here for the Thunder. He's like he's like a 20-point-per-game scorer. Um, you know, five boards, two assists. He's shooting great. He's 42% from three on a, on a lot of attempts, six attempts per game. Um, he's he's a, an expiring contract. Um you know, I think you make something like $22 million a year. You know, Kevin Love, you're trading for him. You're obviously trading for a, for a bigger, longer contract. Not that he couldn't help you. One of those guys would make sense in Portland. I do believe that to uh, to pair um, with your explosive backcourt to have a little scoring in your frontcourt as well, especially while Nurkic is out. Um, I, I think there are, there are deals to to be made here for Gallinari. There's no doubt that the, uh, he... He'd be on the block for the Thunder. Like, why wouldn't they look to move him and get some more pieces back? They have a million draft picks as it is and some young talent there, but they're always looking for more, I'm sure. So this is something you could see happening. I I buy it. They would definitely want him in in that lineup. It's a little bit of a worry that Danilo Gallinari, in his expiring contract year, he'll be 32 next season. It seems like a Blazers team that would overpay him to stick around, and then, you know, he... He's been good. It was great last year for the Clippers, but he does miss a lot of games. And is he going to be great going into his mid-30s? I don't know. He would help this year right now for sure. And the Blazers send back a young guy. I don't know if they would 
send an Anfordy Simons plus uh, an expiring in Kent Bazemore. I mean, they love Simons. Uh, but, you know, a young plus plus that Bazemore. Simons, there's, there's Simons is not be going anywhere. I guess It'd be not. like a Gary Trent or something, maybe, yeah. Well, but I can't. Why, yeah, why would they do that well, deal? I'm just why saying, they they're be? not trading Simons for Gallinari, especially yeah. as an expiring deal. Um, I guess I guess so. Then you're not getting them, I don't think. I mean, yeah, if you want Gary Trent, sure. Yeah, maybe they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to yeah, move never. off Gallinari. Yeah, that's, yeah, but he's expiring. Yeah, no, yeah. I know, I know. I mean, just okay. to get an asset, though. And yeah, he's going to be true. walking probably as it is um, if you waited to the offseason. But, yeah, we'll see. Great question, Senator Batman. Um, <laughs> next one. Oh, it's not Senator Batman, but Lee, listen to this. This one's from Joey Pribble Scribble. Oh, shout out, DJ. That's right. Hello, TBJ slash starters slash no dunkers. One of my best friends, John, is getting married in a few weeks, and I have the honor of giving a speech at his wedding. I've known him for just over a decade, and he is the one who introduced me to podcasts, which indirectly led me to you guys. When we first met, John was never interested in sports. After recommending your podcast, he is one of the most avid basketball fans I know. I was wondering if you had any advice that I could share with my friend about marriage or to me about giving a speech at the wedding. Thanks. That is from Joey Pribble Scribble, long, long, long time member of the Tweet of the Week Army. All right, so yes, he's, he's the, asking for help there, uh, you know, advice for his friend about getting married or uh, advice uh, on how to give a speech at a wedding. Yeah, the uh, Twitter of the Week Army shout-out uh, accumulator That's is right, uh, DJ <laughs> Pribble Scribble. Does a great job there. Um, wow, this is a tough one, Tass. Why don't you kick us off? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is tough. I mean, you've had a little bit more experience with, with marriage, Lee, than I have. So, Lee, why don't you kick us off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, okay, great. I've, I've, um, never, I've never given a good speech at a wedding, so I'm taking myself out of that The department. N- never hit a home run. Well, Same. I, I actually think uh, giving a speech at a wedding is pretty tough. Uh, my one bit of advice would be don't do a countdown. I did a countdown as a best man speech once. And I still look back to it this day, nine years later, like, come on, man. Why? You're literally looking at note cards mm. for a wedding speech? Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, why you gave like 10, here, 10 yeah, reasons why they're yeah, great. Yeah, it was me. I was a co-best man uh, for my buddy Nick with, uh, with our other friend Adam. And we're like, you know, we'll, we'll come with these 10 funny jokes. 10 funny jokes. They're not all funny. And 10 is too long. But other yes. than that, they are jokes. <laughs> That's the number one advice I give. You, you, you got to keep it short. You just got to keep yeah. it tight. You got to have a tight three to five minutes up there. You can do a lot. You can do a lot in a short amount of time. And you don't think you can because you got so much to say. That's wrong. You got to edit, edit, edit. We really, I wish we had Matty O on this podcast. That guy's given a lot of speeches um, as sort of a master of ceremony or a best man or whatever. He's done a ton, I think. And knowing Matty O, he would give the same advice, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> edit, keep it tight. Edit, edit, edit. It's true, though. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're already hearing a bunch of speeches. As The worst speeches are the ones that just go on and on, and they ramble on and on. And you're like, okay, yeah, we get it. You love each other. Move on already. <laughs> uh, I like a good emotional speech, though. I like to no, get no, choked I, up. Yeah. You know, but. I, I didn't say you couldn't be emotional. I'm yeah. just saying... You don't need to go get, on for get 20 to minutes. The emotion. Yeah. yeah, or, or get actually, to the emotion. stop repeating yourself because that's what <laughs> yeah. tends to happen. Mm-hmm. They just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. Right. 
Um, but yeah, you can, you can, uh, don't be afraid to get creative too. I once, uh, did a PowerPoint presentation with Ken <laughs> for my buddy Thody because he's a real digital guy. So we went with that sure, sure. sort of angle and it, and it worked out really, really well. Um, I'm glad it did because, that. uh, I can imagine if you're in the audience and people say, all right, I've just got a little PowerPoint presentation. No, it, was, it was good. We put some work into that one. Um, um for sure. So yeah, it, just keep it tight. Yeah, don't be afraid some, to use a prop either. Uh, one time, uh, wow. I was a best man at my brother's wedding, yeah. and the day before the wedding, uh, we went on a boat cruise. Awesome. It was in Mexico. It was sure. great. Fabulous. But the maid of honor was horribly seasick. Like, oh. puking. O- she puked all over the top deck. She puked over the side. She puked for the entire three-hour thing. Okay. Great. So the next day was the wedding, and she was fine, obviously. So when I introduced her, as she was coming up, I handed her a plastic bag. Killed. It was the biggest laugh yeah, of the night. Great. <laughs> and it, was, it wasn't planned. It was just great. Uh, and uh, she was a good sport about it. <laughs> and what about any uh, marriage tips? Anything? Just quickly? Lee, what's your one know. Lee, what's your one marriage tip? Always think of your wife. Keep her happy. I mean, like if if, if you know, because sometimes you get into a little <laughs> the like, expense of everything else. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you know, you, you sometimes it's hard to back down if you know, you have to compromise. Keep your wife happy always. Okay. I, I think um yeah, it's hard to give advice on something like that because it's so different for so everybody. Personal. Yeah, it true. is personal and, and no one really knows you know why some relationships last and some don't so i i, I don't like to sort of uh <laughs> okay you know it's not like you can just say i oh, just do this and you'll be fine i mean it, it's changing you change you grow you have kids you have mortgages cars houses it's Ooh. tough man tough sometimes <laughs> the best advice i've heard is from jerry seinfeld which is uh Try not to go crazy at the same time. <laughs> uh, that yeah. is, I mean, yeah. And I was like, that is so true. Yeah. And it actually speaks to our longevity as well, because the yep. six of us or five of us now, we all take turns going crazy <laughs> yep. and having our little moments and our little hissy fits or whatever. But uh, yeah, as long as one or two of the people involved still in, in our case are sort of level headed. Yeah. You know, eyes on the prize. Everybody, chill out. You're right, but if all five of us are at the exact same time going bonkers, <laughs> then it's not going to then work. it's going to blow up. So yeah, it's, it's okay having true. a long distance relationship in our situation. Then that, that's probably good. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Every relationship I have right now is a long distance yeah. relationship. <laughs> uh, all right, hopefully uh, we help you out there, Joey Pribble Scribble. Let us know how it goes, though. And congratulations to John on on the big wedding. Next email here. Hey, No Dunk Squad. So happy to have you guys back. You make watching the NBA season that much more entertaining. My question for you as a Heat fan, do you think that if Jimmy Butler retired today, he would go to the Hall of Fame? What? Jimmy Butler. He's a four-time All-Star, four-time All-Defensive Team, two-time All-NBA, he's won most improved, and an Olympic gold. Cheers from Joseph. I know you, you say what like that. I know, but then, but then he makes the case and you're sort of like, wait, hold on. Is it that far This is comparable. It's comparable to other Hall of Fame guys when you look at strictly the, uh, the resume there. Yeah. But it's about reputation to some degree with the voters. And I don't think Jimmy Butler has that number one guy reputation. Obviously, there's the bit of a cancer in a locker room reputation that, that hurts, but it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not just raw statistics. You got to be liked. And you just have to achieve this level of, it's like marriage. There's no textbook. There's, there's, no, there's, there's no way of just, 
I, I don't know. I can't put a finger on what voters think because nobody, nobody knows. But the, you just have to achieve this level of reputation that you are. Yeah, this guy's a Hall of Fame guy. Yeah, he's in. Because some guys have the, those stats or have those accolades and are in. Yeah, that, but, you're, I don't, you're, but I don't think Jimmy Butler gets in this gets in today. No. I, I do think if he finishes out his career, then it's no matter. I don't know. I mean, I, you see it written out there. I'm like, man, that looks crazy. Four times in the All Star game, two times All NBA, four times All Defense. But there are a lot of four time All Stars who aren't in the NBA. And then you yeah. go and down and look at his career statistics. He's got less than ten thousand points. He's already almost thirty one years old, so he's not going to really be approaching twenty thousand no. points. Um, he's, you know, he got a little bit of a later start, uh, because of coming into the NBA after playing in college for a little bit. He sat on the bench for a little coming off before when Lou Aldang was with the Bulls, then he became most improved player. Then he became the guy for the Bulls. Jimmy Butler, when he is your best player on a team so far has been about a 45 win team. They haven't been like a 60 win team where he's one of the 10 best guys in the NBA. And you're like, if he's on your team guaranteed, you're a title contender. If he's on your team right now, you've got a good team. Not necessarily a great team. So, yeah, I mean, the accolades are there, and he has actually done quite a bit in his career when you see it written out, but I don't really think he's close to the Hall of Fame Yeah, I think uh, I would agree with that. Um, It is weird, though. You go to Basketball Reference, and they have Jimmy Butler with with a higher Hall of Fame probability than a guy like Manu Ginobili. Which is just, you know, and that's, it's, I know, it's pretty well. Now, we all know Manu's going to go in, and if, if Jimmy Butler's career ended right now, I think we're agreeing, yes, he doesn't. But if Jimmy Butler, at this point, having played, what, eight seasons, he's into his ninth now, if he had won a couple of rings, like if he had two rings, let's say, just say to his name right now, I think there's a strong case that he would actually have done enough to get in. He's got very comparable numbers and accolades to someone like Jamal Wilkes, who played with the Lakers. He won a title with the Warriors uh, as a rookie, and then he won a couple more with the Lakers. So he had the three rings. Um, but again, he had sort of comparable, like he was an all, like a great two-way player, all-defensive type of guy. Pretty comparable to Jimmy Butler. Um, Legendary college player, I think, as well. Yes, too. now that's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. And that's obviously coming into play. And, and then, of course, with Manu, he's got the whole international thing. But I was also just curious. I compared Penny Hardaway's first eight seasons against Jimmy Butler's. Similar numbers, like per 36 numbers, uh, per 36-minute numbers are very, very similar. Uh, I, I won't go through them all, but like points per game are nearly identical. They shot close to the same percentage of boards and assists and steals and blocks. Blocks were identical. Penny, those first eight years, four-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA. So, you know, again, you know, what happens if Penny doesn't get injured? He's a lock, I think, for the Hall of Fame. But Penny's not going to make it because, really, his career ended right around that time. So that's mm. a long way to say, like, if Jimmy Butler stopped now, that's not enough to get in, no. I don't think it's that dissimilar, though, to Manu Ginobili in his Hall of Fame candidacy. Like okay. you said, Manu Ginobili gets the rings as not necessarily the number one guy on a team. Yeah. You know, he's, he could have been an M- yeah, finals he MVP. He should have been, yes. Uh, that's fine. That's totally uh, totally acceptable. But if Jimmy stays with the Sixers and, and they go on to win titles, yep. I think he's got a better shot than of what mm-hmm. he's doing right now with Miami where... He's the number one guy on a team that's not necessarily going to win. But, yeah, if he, if he's, he's not going to have amazing counting stats, as Trey mentioned. Like Manu, only 14,000 career points for, for Manu in the mm-hmm. NBA. Jimmy's yeah, just over 10,000 now, if I'm reading it. Where, where am I? Uh, it's a, it's not even nine thousand. Yeah, nine thousand. So he may yeah. finish around what Manu's got, you know, in, in that fourteen thousand range with great individual accolades. Manu's but got not the a lot of championships. Yeah, uh, Manu's got that as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Okay, but if like, yeah. the, and the question is right now, if it, if you know, yeah, no, it, that's not happening right now. But no. but if he's a six-time All Star, you know, I think there there's he just needs to play another five six seasons. Yeah. It's a little too early at a very high so. level though too. That's I, don't, I don't know. Not, I mean, not that high. I mean, he his best season he averaged twenty three and six. I mean, or twenty four and six, like. He needs that's a ring. He needs a ring or two, yeah. and then and then maybe. Yeah, but there's and lots of guys maybe. who don't average over twenty that make. I know, but I'm saying like he's had statistically he's had one or two decent years, and that's about. It. He needs like if he if he won MVP maybe then that would give him a bit more of a boost. But right now, I mean, he's he's just a middling player in, in terms of Hall of Fame. Crazy for mine. question. Crazy mm. question. Good question though. That was uh that one was a little uh, out of left field. All right, next one here, guys. Hi, no dunks. I recently moved to Oregon. And one thing that caught me by surprise was the Blazers are partners with a local kombucha company. And as a result, they have their own Rip City kombucha named Happiness. It's made with white tea and rose petals. Oh, my God. While I've had better kombucha, it got me thinking. What other companies should other NBA teams partner with to produce a team-specific product that would make sense for their given market? I'd love to see the Denver Nuggets partner with a dispensary. To produce, to produce a specific strain of marijuana hmm. or the Pistons to partner with GM on a vehicle collaboration. Thanks, dudes. Great to have you back. The Tweet of the Week Army misses you. <laughs> Shout out to all of you. Best, that is from the captain himself. Woo! Woo! Wow. Pribble, scribble, and woobly-o balls. <laughs> Heavy hitters. And you say you hate the shout-out, Skeetsy. Hey, come on, man. That's right. So uh, Woobly knew how to get a, get a question read on this <laughs> mailbag-only episode, talking about kombucha. And Lee just perked right up. <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah, one right a, now. Not yeah. a surprise. You're no longer a Knicks fan now that we know the Blazers are making kombucha. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 But, I wonder what, yeah, I've got to get hold of some of that and test it out. Yes, yes. You'll get it for free, no doubt. Um, <laughs> that's a good question, though. Any other like uh, partners you'd like to see between a specific product and a team? Charlotte Hornets have to offer local honey at their arena. Uh, you know, honey is different based on the bees. So <laughs> it depends on what what they're pollinating, where they're getting their uh, they're getting their food from, and it really helps with allergies. So I would love to see uh, a small batch. Local Charlotte Hornets honey made from actual Hornet honey. Do Hornets make honey? I'm not sure, <laughs> but you know they're at least closely enough associated with bees that I think it, that's a fair, <laughs> a fair argument. You know, mine's not all that dissimilar. Uh, the Grindhouse in Memphis is was what they call their arena. They still, I think, they still call it that, even though the Grit and Grind has has, has moved on. I think a coffee company, whether it's a, you know a monster like Starbucks. Or, you know, a small Memphis local coffee shop needs to partner with the team, give every person in that arena a manual coffee grinder. So it actually will take, you walk in there, they'll give you a coffee grinder with beans in it. Okay, so when. Shout when out they, to Podbean. When they, yeah, <laughs> shout, shout out to Podbean, sure. John Hollinger now knows everything about Podbean because we mentioned in the podcast with him. If you don't know what Podbean is, that's probably understandable. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you will soon. You will soon. So you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan. You walk into the arena. You get a manual coffee grinder. So when there's a big play, let's see if this drop works. I'm going to do a manual drop here. 
this coffee grinder I have in my hand has beans in it. Now, I want every single fan in the arena when they are called upon to grind their coffee. <laughs> <laughs> kind of works. Sort you can of. pump in. You can pump in some music. You can pump in some grinding sound effects if you're the PA announcer in the arena. You know, I th I think that would be a little intimidating to mm. hear grinding of coffee as you're going up and down the floor. And I actually bought this coffee grinder. Speaking of our our, our great, are we going to get I another noise complaint? <laughs> <laughs> I bought this manual coffee grinder because I mentioned on the show that I was waking up my daughter, or no, I wasn't even waking her up. We're just extremely cautious parents that try not to make too much noise because I was using a manual coffee <laughs> right, grinder right. in the in the morning. That's a big whir. We're not gonna we're not gonna pull that out. It's a big <laughs> So somebody recommended a manual coffee grinder. I used it once, never using it again. because uh, I just don't want it I don't want my wrist to get a workout at six thirty AM. I just take my coffee grinder and I go in a, in a room that's far enough away and were it there. So uh, thanks for the suggestion, though. It really came in handy today. <laughs> you can wrap the coffee grinder in a dish towel or something like that. Ever tried that? It works. Oh, yeah, it's to some degree. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Works better than <laughs> so you bring your own. Bring, bring your own dish towel then, or, or would they be supplied at the arena? <laughs> no, I think no, Jeannie's talking, talking about, about the, the noisy one. one yeah. Oh, right, yeah, the right, right. The electric. Can you imagine how great it would smell in there? It's like oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah it perk everybody yeah. up a little yeah. bit too. That'd be that's a good call. Didn't the um, Grizzlies have? I thought we had one on the set. Um, a Tony Allen like pepper grinder. That's right. Yeah, they did. yeah. right, right, right. So a little similar. Um, do you have any? Uh, you good answer there, Lee? <laughs> no, not, not as good as that, but uh, I know that uh, Smoked Poutinery um, started at Scotia Bank Arena this year. So isn't there some way the Raptors can? Uh, I don't know, like have some sort of event where everyone goes along and tries poutine because, you know, <laughs> still a lot of people don't know about it. Some still call it poutang, you know. So uh, <laughs> I think you need to, you know, get it out there a little bit more because it's great. It's great. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I, don't, I don't even know how to it was, tough, it was tough coming I after the coffee grinder don't one, even I, know how to yeah. I don't let's think just, it mattered which one you went after yeah, <laughs> just, let's just leave it out there let's go to the next question alright welcome back y'all are off to a great start on your last mailbag podcast you asked how to refer to yourselves collectively I think you're the no dunkers or possibly the non dunkers no dunks crew is okay but kind of generic maybe spell it K-R-E-W-E hmm. for a little more flair Cool. Thanks for uh, that Cliff Robinson. Cliff Robinson! <laughs> oh, my goodness. What an honor. He was not on Survivor. Oh, it's not that one? Oh. No dunkers or non-dunkers? I don't like no, non-dunkers like yeah. non at nah. all. I don't mind no dunkers. I got, uh, that one's all right. But, yeah, yeah. not a fair Yeah, non I agree. I mean, no dunkers seems to be popping up the most in emails. Uh, yes. So I, I don't know. Does, does that stick? Perhaps. Perhaps something else dumb comes up over the course of making a million shows every week that actually sticks. But for now, I feel like No Dunkers is fair. Yeah. yeah. Like, like within this podcast alone, we've had we've been addressed Team No Dunks, uh, No Dunks Inc., uh, No Dunkers, you're right, a couple of times, No Dunks Squad. So, yeah, people are just people are trying out everything right now, seeing what... Uh, what fits, what clicks, so no dunkers. I think it's uh, near the top of the list. That's fine. Great great suggestion. Not Cliff Robinson. Not the Cliff Robinson. <laughs> and our final email for today, guys. Hey, guys. What happened to the starter set and all of your basketball memorabilia? If you have it in boxes, what do you intend to do with all that stuff? Thanks. Keep swishing. 
That email from Todd. Huh. Well, I got a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're in your garage. In my garage, yeah. Well, some of it's made its way to the studio in Atlanta. Is that correct? That's correct, correct yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. we got a lot of art sitting on the floor. We got two things hanging up. Uh, where else? There's a, there's a bunch of stuff in my laundry room. There was, for whatever reason, we had a bin full of yarn. So uh, no offense to you guys, you ain't getting that yarn back. Our <laughs> kids are deep in the yarn game. I didn't realize how many colors we had, but we had quite a few colors of yarn. Uh, that being said, uh, we got to find some spots for this stuff around here. Yeah, yeah but same uh, same with the costumes. My kids, I mentioned it last show, uh, found the bin of costumes, yeah. and uh, they went absolutely nuts. <laughs> they went ham. Uh, and I captured probably my favorite picture of my youngest son I've ever captured when he found the giant foam penis that was part of the <laughs> fat bastard costume that we bought we didn't realize there was a penis yeah, in it i still don't understand why there was a so giant dog well, well we <laughs> for the for the fat bastard suit we got a fat suit and then separately we just bought like a, a scotsman oh, uh, costume right, right? and we didn't, we didn't really look at it very closely when we ordered it on Amazon. Uh, and then when I opened it up, I was, there was this huge dong in it. So yeah. the idea, you wear the penis under the kilt and you flash people. And, right. Uh, it's like three feet long, this thing. Right? Yeah. Or something yeah. Like that. Okay. So Jackson oh, okay. found it and uh, he donned it. He Not donned to school, I hope, did he? Not to school, no. <laughs> and uh, he ran around the house. Just loving it. Just having the time of his but life. Not, he, but not wearing the kilt over it. No, no. No, no. But, but for a full effect, he pulled his pants around his ankles. So it looked like he was running around uh, with this giant schlong. And I've never seen him so delighted. Right. And I was FaceTiming him because uh, I'm here. And... Uh, yeah, it's my favorite picture that no one will ever see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like that photo we have of Matty O. That's right. <laughs> oh, we can release that now, can't we? <laughs> we should have both of those framed and just have a wall of, uh, oh, yeah. like a, in the office. That's our new artwork. That's a great idea. So, yeah, we we have all the stuff that was sitting behind us on our uh, Starters television show that was on the set there, and it was a lot. It was all ours. Um, I mean, like 99% of it was ours that we, that we either got sent in um, from teams or fans or that we just bought or we just had um, so we have it all and uh, well, we have plans to actually use it yeah. when, uh, when we start uh, exploring uh, maybe a video component to, to this show or other shows so don't you worry Todd we've got it all <laughs> alright let's call it there guys uh, love this podcast beach step in we have a little fun get a little crazy you know sprinkle in a few NBA questions as well so keep those coming like I said, email us, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet at us, at nodunksinc, or hashtag nodunks. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, we are accepting all free kombucha products. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the day, people.